This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Today's guest, Ron McMillan, is a gospel smooth jazz saxophonist and recording artist. Charting on the top 30 billboard in the music industry, his music is played on the Music Choice Channel, on TV, and on radio worldwide, including Sirius XM Radio, where he is known as Mr. Jazz Watercolors. He has also had the privilege to play alongside very high-profile artists in the gospel and smooth jazz industry. A Colorado native who studied music at the collegiate level, Ron's creative versatility is on full display at his inspired concert, church, and jazz festival performances. Ron's sincere passion for music ministry and his love for God are the foundation for all of his successes in the music industry. Stay tuned to hear how his story and insights can inform your life and business enterprises. Before we welcome Ron back to the show for his second visit, let's first listen to the title cut of his second CD, Press Toward the Mark.
Welcome, Ron. It's so great to have you back on The Voice of Leadership and on Dr. Karen Speaks Leadership. We're so glad to have you today. Hi, Dr. Karen, my dear friend. I am so glad to be back on the show again, and um, I feel very privileged and honored to be here today. And I'm privileged and honored to have you as well. And we just finished hearing one of your songs, Press Toward the Mark. Tell us about that song. What does it mean? How did it come to be? Press Toward the Mark um, is actually the album title as well. And it's the premier track on the EP that was produced that year. When I was uh, in transition to begin recording the album, I was praying to God, what is next for me? And then um, after much prayer and the Lord answered and said, keep pushing forward. So uh, that's why I, I had some difficulties going on in life at the time and was kind of at a crossroads to push in one area or the other professionally. The Lord said, keep pushing with the music industry for his glory. Amen. Pushing forward in the music industry for its glory. The last time you were here, Ron, it was um, October 2020, which was kind of like at the beginning of the pandemic, that first year of the major pandemic crisis. And a lot, I'm sure, has happened since then. I do remember back at that time, you had canceled a number of engagements in an effort to keep you and your family safe at that time. So what's happened since three years ago in your life. What are you doing now? Where is God leading you at this time as you're continuing to press toward the mark? Yes, ma'am. That's a good question. We stayed pretty much not seeking traveling and all of that stuff as far as music-wise to in the, in the music industry and for concerts or churches and everything until I got a okay green light from the Lord back in, I think it was March or February, March of last year, actually. But I did my first concert at the Soil Dove since the pandemic last June, and it went very well. And ever since then, I've been uh, just playing at several churches and and getting booked for engagements and different engagements, you know. So you're back on the scene, and I have attended a number of your concerts since uh, post-pandemic for sure. So what would you say, Ron, that you are learning in this season right now? What is God showing you? God is showing me patience laced with diligence. <laughs> I, I've been getting a lot of a lot of bookings. Um, I'm pretty clear right now in in this month, but I've been very busy since the beginning of the year. Life has been a real juggling act, you know, should I say, I have a daughter that's graduating and stuff like that. And then to have to go and travel and play or go somewhere else or to even take the family with me to other churches and stuff like that and prepare for the events. I've had to be very diligent and patient at the same time. That's an interesting combination, the patience and the diligence. Clearly, patience, waiting on things to happen. What about the diligence part? What does that mean and where, where does that come from? Well, diligence um, in ministry, um, God, I believe God calls us to be diligent in things in, in ministry. As you know, the music success in the my situation in the music industry, it is an entertainment industry, but it's ministry for me. When I feel those needs to want to stop to handle personal life and stuff like that. Um, I have to be diligent in all areas of my life. I can't sacrifice one for the other because one is for 
well, all of it is for God's glory, but one is for ministry and one is for my family. You know what I mean? So that's the part of diligence. Um, it's, it's just a lot of work. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you're speaking about something that's really significant and important to a lot of people. And that is how to really effectively do this life integration thing, because the music is important. Your family is important and you don't want the, the music to supersede the place that your family has. So when you're just talking about being diligent in this case, I'm thinking that it's always a constant recalibration of the dials, if you will, so that you have the right priorities in place at the right time. That's what I'm hearing you say. I um, had learned from when I was younger, I was a youth pastor, a youth athletics director, Bible study president, wore like six different hats in a church. And I was very diligent in ministry, but my family was suffering. So that's the balance I had to figure out. Um, and plus I work a secular job as well for a medical company, you know, so while I'm doing music stuff and family stuff, I'm still working at nine to five during the day. Yes, and I remember that, that you're working the, the nine to five during the day. Let me ask you a question about that. How do you actually balance those out? And I know that in the pandemic time period, it was a blessing to have the nine to five to really take care of your family when you had to come off the road with music. So how is that job still blessing you today? Where does it fit in with the full mix of everything else that you're doing? Um, It fits in very well. Um. I've been with this company for 15 years and close to 15 years. And what I've learned is I, I know a lot of professional musicians. So I'm very close to a lot of musicians and there is not a medical plan. There is not a retirement plan, you know, so you have to uh, manage your money very well and invest very well. Um, whereas with my situation, I have all of that, you know, and since I work for a medical company, I get my medical benefits for free, you know, it's a true blessing. And as far as the diligence and, and, and the juggling act and doing all of this, um, it's all worth it, you know, you know, for sake of my family and for sake of God's glory, even at the job, you know. I always think about how wonderful God is to think of everything. And so to provide you with that, that job is also caring for your family. He doesn't leave any stone unturned to do what's best for us. So you have the music and then you have that which provides for your family day to day. So that's quite a blessing. So Ron, I want to set up the next song we're going to hear, which as you know, this is my personal favorite of all the Ron McMillan songs, which is Consuming Fire. And those people who listen to the podcast on Raven International Television, they're already hearing this on the intro and the outro. And hopefully by the time of this recording, you will also be hearing Consuming Fire on iHeartRadio, which is also another one of our formats. So let's just go ahead and play Consuming Fire. And we'll talk about it on the back end.
So, Ron, what is the backstory on my favorite song, Consuming Fire? Well, Dr. Karen, um, in the word on Hebrews 12 and 29, it makes reference to God as our consuming fire. So that is where the title derived from. But an interesting story, uh, just to give you a little bit, when I met my producer, Mr. Darren Ron, who is a Grammy-nominated producer and one of the top instrumentation producers in the world, and we began writing the album. Actually, it was, I think that was the first song we worked on. Um, he said, I think I have a song for you. And it was just kind of a pattern and a format of the song. And I said, oh, that's nice. He said, yeah. He said, there's another artist, um, Mr. Naji, that turned it down. And he said, it sounded too gospely. <laughs> and, and to me, when I listen to the song, it doesn't sound gospely at all. It sounds like straight smooth jazz. But um, that was just the indicator that God saved that song just for me because I'm a gospel jazz artist. I completely agree with that. And of course, Najee is fabulous and great. And I'm glad he said no, so that you could say yes. And to me, it is your song. I consider it your signature song, Consuming Fire, and I absolutely love it. So if we think about Consuming Fire from a biblical context, there's kind of the upside of God being a consuming fire and the downside of God being a consuming fire. So tell us what that means to you. For me consuming fire if you feel the vibe of the song it's more of god giving that not in a bad way but lighting the fire under me to to start off in the music industry and into my calling that he showed me in a vision back in 1997 so it was kind of a and even darren when he uh when he we finished wrapping the song up he even said that uh, this is an important song for you he knew it was going to be a special song. You know, it was very anointing and anointed because it touched hearts. Um, even though it's a jazz song, it touched hearts all over the United States. But uh, what it means to me is that it was kind of God lighting that fire under me. And then sometimes when I listen to it and close my eyes, I kind of see kind of flames of fire dancing around, you know, <laughs> you know. Well, and I love that depiction of it, God lighting the fire under you to kind of start this new chapter in your life. And what that makes me think of is Moses and the burning bush, because although God is a consuming fire, the bush did not get consumed, and it got Moses' attention to walk over to see what was going on, because this was going to be a new start and a new chapter also in Moses' life. So to think about the consuming fire of God is sort of like that catalyst, if you will, and the flame that gets things going is a great way to think about it in your case. So I love the way that you've characterized that story. And I'd like to add to that. I, it just came to my mind. Um, I never thought of the Moses and burning bush. So in that story, the fire did not consume the bush. So with this song, it has had great longevity at radio, still being played. I still get royalties to this day. It came out in 2015. The Lord has ignited with this consuming fire with it on this song, and it's been, uh, it hasn't been consumed in the industry. So I say. <laughs> and I don't think it will. You know, there's just some songs that are timeless. I think Consuming Fire is one of those songs that's timeless. It speaks to the heart at a different level. And so I'm not surprised that it still has longevity. And what's interesting, I think this is one of your songs that's played on secular radio as well as in gospel venues. Is that accurate? 
Yes, ma'am. It's played on secular radio uh, worldwide. And and uh, when I get my royalties, um, it shows where it's being played and what stations and some of them. Um, so it's, I'm very thankful. Yeah, that's, that's just amazing. Now, you mentioned Darren Ron. I know Darren Ron is one of the special people with whom you get to collaborate and that he's a phenomenal producer. Let me ask this. How has working with other great people, including Darren Ron, how has that taken your gifts and abilities to the next level? Let me say this first. God placed him strategically in my path because he became a mentor. Who, who better than a high-profile, high-level sax player to pour into a, a new sax player in the industry on the technicalities of playing and all the other th- other things entail the recording. And uh, even before I met Darren, actually, no, it was a little bit after I met Darren, um, I connected with Gerald Albright as well. And he poured into me. We had like a two-hour-long conversation at his house. I went to go pick up a, a saxophone that he I got from him. And um, he poured some things into me that I won't forget. So, so the people in the industry that have poured into me, it was like it was God ordained and it was very helpful just to not only polish me as a professional, but to motivate me to push forward to understand that, yes, I am supposed to be here just like the Lord had showed me back in 1997. You know, it's just like God to provide what I call divine appointments to confirm what he's already put into our hearts, our minds and our spirits, so to speak. And so let's be even more specific. Maybe what's something that either Darren Ron said or someone, Gerald Albright, or someone else said to you that really made a difference and sort of like, wow, I am supposed to be here. What's a specific thing you might have heard? I'll speak to Gerald Albright on this one. Um, When I was sitting there talking to him for those two hours, you know, before I got into the industry, you look at these living legends like Gerald and Kirk Whalum and people like that. And you just think that they're just flawless, you know? (laughs) And when I was talking to him, he said, you know, we're all still learning, Ron. You're never going to stop learning. And although I've heard that before from other people, it meant something when he said that to me. For a living legend to say that we're all still learning, that encouraged me to not be so shy and hard on myself as a musician you know <laughs> so and darren said the same things you know he uh he played with me at my very first album release concert and then, and i made a mistake and i was kind of hard on myself afterwards you know and of course Todd can tell he said we all make mistakes you know <laughs> he said just don't just don't show it on your face they probably will never know <laughs> so those kind of things were very encouraging to me that it's okay to be human you know no matter how high level or lower level you are it's okay to be you and paint your own canvas and let god allow you to be you amen to that and it's so wonderful when there are icons in the industry that can let you know they also make mistakes it's just all part of the human condition 
and it's okay. I know like when I've been in Africa, sometimes they're making jewelry and whatever, and, and it's not perfect, but that's considered the beauty of the individual piece. Whereas in the United States, when we see that imperfection, we want to get rid of the thing. And in other parts of the world, they say, oh no, that's just part of the tapestry. That's how it's supposed to go. And they don't even worry about it. So wonderful that they could speak that in, over you as well. You've also, you made a decision early on. You knew that you were supposed to be in the smooth jazz arena as opposed to straight up gospel stations per se. Talk a little bit about that and some conversations maybe you've had with people who went the straight gospel route and what prompted you to be sure you were on the jazz side? I was pushing forward to be a straight gospel instrumentalist. Um, there's a gentleman from the 70s and 80s named Bernard Johnson. He was an inspiration on the gospel side and a lady by the name of Angela Christie. She was more of the early 2000s to mid 2000s, but I wasn't expecting the smooth jazz industry. I was actually, when God opened the door to meet Darren Ron, that's when I knew and how we had our first meeting and there was actually an investor and we were sitting in the same room. You could feel the Holy Spirit there and we spent a little time talking about business and more time talking about uh, our testimonies. Um, when that came along, and, and there's a reason why I wasn't pushing for smooth jazz. I grew up in a very strict uh, church denomination and I was licensed as a minister there. So I kind of had this mindset back then too. <laughs> and, you know, uh, you weren't supposed to play jazz because it was a sin to play jazz and listen to jazz even or certain sports and even stuff like that. So. When it came time for that, um, the Lord had already strategically taken me out of that denomination and gave me better understanding of what his will was for me. So in saying all of that, once the door opened, I knew it was okay, but some from other denomination did say that I left God and then got around and, you know, they didn't even see that my album titles talking about Jesus, you know, they just decided to make it seem like that I was wrong, you know. When God was orchestrating the whole thing. This is such an important story that you just shared because God is everywhere and he wants his people to be witnessing and ministering everywhere. And sometimes we have these notions in our minds that really limit God. And what he was doing was opening up a, a wider door for you rather than limiting. So I'm just delighted to hear that. And I'm glad that you had the divine appointments that showed you that this was the door for you. So Ron, I want to play another one of your songs, which is The Walk. And for those who listen to the podcast on podcast channels and also on YouTube, they will hear The Walk as the intro and outro music. So let's play that first. And if you think you've heard it before, it sounds familiar. It is familiar if you listen to the voice of leadership, and then we'll talk about it on the back end.
Ron, we know that every song has its inspiration. So tell us about the walk. Every song on my albums have a spiritual meaning. And like I said, a story behind it. The walk, I've tried my best to walk in the will of the Lord and and to be an example to whoever I'm around and let God's light shine through me. So that's where this inspiration of the walk comes from. Um, and as I have uh, walked in the walk, <laughs> the mindset of the individuals that we were talking about earlier in the other denomination, uh, they've observed and seen my walk and know that I had not turned my back on God. And it has even attended my concerts. You know, there was even a bishop's wife at my birthday celebration at the Soil Dove, you know. And, you know, the Soil Dove, they serve alcohol there and things like that. And normally uh, these people would not go into a place like that. They'll go into a restaurant, but, you know, <laughs> but nonetheless, make a long story short, they came to celebrate me because I celebrate God, you know. And like my my parents, you know, they, they wouldn't listen to jazz music until they, I, I got into jazz and it's because they know what walk I was walking. That is such a powerful story because again, not only was God opening up a way for you, it was also impacting other people who might've had a more limited view, I should say, of God and who he is and where he shows up. So that's just freeing for everyone, not just you in that case. And I think if we don't over-spiritualize everything and really truly have an understanding that a walk with God is about relationship and not about all of these other things, the world will be a better place. <laughs> Absolutely. And that is so much um, for sure that it would be a better place. So I'm really glad that you were able to do that. And let me just make a comment. I remember when I was at your 50th birthday concert, and because so many people of God were there and who attended, even though it was at the Soil Dove and it was the first time I've ever seen, someone actually brought a baby to the Soil Dove for that concert. And it was like a church service. So when the people of God gather, it is the church, even though we were at the Soil Dove. So it can change the atmosphere depending on who's present. Yes, ma'am. Yes. I was honestly, I felt the Lord gave me a release to just have fun that night. But no matter what I do, and <laughs> it seems like the anointing flows and and we worship, you know. So and I and you know that's that that's the best birthday gift ever to be in the midst of a lot of people worshiping God like that. Amen. That is the truth, and and was an exciting concert. It was outstanding, and in fact, I would just simply say that each concert I go to of yours just gets better and better. I mean, as as you get freed up more and more in the Lord and with your gifts, and so it was a wonderful um, experience for anybody who missed it. Don't miss the next concert. Is what I would say. So, Ron, let me dial back to something else. You have been talking about. You are an ordained minister. In the past, you've served as a youth pastor. You've been the minister of music multiple times in different churches. And right now, you're kind of like serving in a more flexible capacity at your current church. And one way I would talk about it as an analogy, when you think about a person who's a pastor of a congregation, they have a lot of commitments and they're tied down to being there at certain times and seasons where, let's say, an evangelist is freed up. They can go out and 
you know, minister at other churches or stay home or, or whatever. So in this season where God has freed you up, you're still in ministry, just not tied to a job that ties you to a place. What has that season been like? What has it done for you? What is new and different now that you're in that free space? Well, I've always known that I've had an evangelical calling on my life to where I can uh, go freely to minister to different people, whether it's in church or outside of church. And the Lord did show me that vision. Behold, the sex in one hand and the Bible in the other hand in front of a countless number of people. And I was wide awake. There was a vision. So in this season, I'm in serving mode, you know, so no matter how small or how big the church is, I'm willing to go serve or how small or how big the event is. I'm willing to go serve. You know, I played at a small event out. If you know where Colfax Avenue is <laughs> in Denver, I played at a small outdoor event last summer, you know, so in this season, I'm, I'm in serve mode. I'm trying to win souls for Christ for his glory. And the music is just, as the Lord let me know, the music is just a tool to get people to listen to me, tell them about him. That's amazing. And just a lot of artists who would be, let's say, you know, top billboard artists might not go to a small venue and they might say, oh, well, you know, gather a few other churches together and maybe I might show up. And one of the things I love about your heart of service to God in that ministry mantle that's on your life is you don't let things like that stop you. And you even came to my small church at Colorado Springs and ministered to us here as well. And so I want to thank you for just hearing God and knowing that he's got people who need to hear about him through you everywhere. Yes, ma'am. And thank you and your congregation for having me. I was truly honored and and the Lord blessed me through the word that day and through just the love that your congregation shared with me and my family. Well, isn't it like God to make it work in both directions? That's always a blessing and the way that he certainly does operate. As we're thinking about this time and this season in your life, what would you say that you are most grateful for right now? I'm most grateful for family and the opportunity to serve my family. Um, I firmly believe, Dr. Karen, that we're in the not the last days, but the very last days. And I believe the Lord is knocking on the door and I'm trying to win my children, grandchildren, aunts, cousins, uncles, you know, because I think ministry starts at home, you know, and no matter how many I reach outside, if I'm not impacting my home, that which is my first ministry, it's not, I think that's counterproductive, you know. So I would say that family and is really important. <laughs> Absolutely. Family is really important. It's one of our first priorities if we have a family. And so thank you for thinking about them in that priority slot. So we're going to hear another song from you, which is talking about Jesus. And as you've been saying, that's what it's all about. So let's hear this song and we'll unpack it on the back end.
So, Ron, we just heard talking about Jesus. Tell us about that song. That's uh, what I do, talk about Jesus. <laughs> so, so, just one quick interesting story behind that one. Um, I was in the beginning of my career uh, trying to get a concert promoter to get me concerts around the country. And he said, can we tone down the Jesus thing a little bit? And I said, well, will I be able to sell my CDs there? He said, of course. I said, what's that title? He said, talking about Jesus. He said, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so you know, that, that was, that's my whole inspiration for that, talking about Jesus. Everything that I put on that album was uh, talking about Jesus. And that was the title track of that album. So, Ron, that's interesting about the promoter. In that case, did you actually do that concert? Well, he, he was going to be hired to get me to several concerts around the country. And I ended up not working with him with that because he felt like that was a problem, which is okay with me because I'm, uh, I'm not going to deny my Lord in front of man. Amen to that. I mean, your whole ministry is about talking about Jesus and to cut that out destroys the ministry. So let me ask about that because this song and also the album and cuts from this album have been played again on both gospel and secular stations. How has the title impacted the play of this particular album? As you know, the Lord showed me that vision in 1997 and God does things well. So um, when Consuming Fire was my first uh, radio single at big time radio, should I say, <laughs> um, they openly talked about my song on Sirius XM. Uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Tony Coulter. Um, he's no longer with us, but but he was a very good friend of mine through that process. And and he would say, uh, now we have Ron McMillan talking about Jesus, you know, and there were a lot of Christian sax players out there that were inspired by that because they didn't, hadn't heard that much. Um, you know, you're falling in love with Jesus, Kirk Whalen, but you know, he's a living legend, but on Sirius X and watercolors, you don't hear talk like that often. Well, what I love about that is that you're really talking about the leadership that you were exercising also in your genre and in music to say, this is possible. People will tell you, tone it down. People will tell you it's not possible. However, at the end of the day, you have to trust God and where he's leading you. And like you say, be willing to stand for him. Yes. Yes. I, um, that's why the Christian gospel saxophonist before my name, because I'm not just going to say jazz or just in, just only inspirational. I want people to know that I'm doing this as a Christian for Christ. I'm not doing it just for entertainment and uh, by means of just entertainment, you know? So. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the last time that you were with me, we were talking about a book that you were going to write. I wanted to check in. This book is about a memoir of your life, some important events that happened in your life, which I'm just going to do sort of like a preview and say, you will come back to the voice of leadership and Dr. Karen Speaks Leadership, and we're going to really unpack the story and testimony of your life, which is pretty profound. What's the status of that book at this point? Well, I'm still working on it. You know, <laughs> like I said, life is a juggling act, and and um, the Lord hasn't given me very strong conviction to just focus only on that. So, but I have been able to verbally share my testimony 
to a lot of people and to a lot of congregations and stuff. So it's been a blessing to a lot of people and verbally, but I'm still working on the book, Dr. Karen. So thank you for keeping me accountable. <laughs> well, this is great. I mean, because here's what I do know when the time is right, God will put it heavily on your heart, open up the space, and the book will get done. In the meantime, you are telling the story, which in a word I'm going to say is a story about the profound nature of God's second chances. And so I look forward to talking to you more about that as well. So that's to come. So to those of you listening, know that you have another episode to look forward to. So, Ron, I also want to ask about something else, because you mentioned this last time. And of course, in my attending your concerts, I know that you typically end those concerts with a powerful song, Total Praise. And you had said you're going to record that. And I will say this for those who don't know, Ron, your version of Total Praise is so phenomenal and outstanding it definitely needs to be recorded and out there. So where are you on recording Total Praise? Darren and I had spoke about that within the past couple of years, and it's still on the table. He's He's been very busy. He's been very busy as a producer. I'm contemplating doing another single for radio. Um, so even in saying that, I probably have to schedule him some months out. When, when that time comes, you'll be the first to know Dr. Care. Well, just know, as one of your premier fans, that's a song that I absolutely love that you do. You just take it to the next level. And so be sure to let me know and I'll let the audience know when it's ready, because I'm going to encourage everyone to buy Total Praise when it does come out. So when you and Ron have it together, uh, just just keep us uh, informed and updated. So Ron, where can people reach you? How can they get a hold of you? Um, you can reach me at ronmcmillan.com, M-C-M-I-L-L-O-N.com. And um, you can buy CDs there and you can book me on the contact page. And what kinds of bookings would you like at this stage right now? What might people book you for? Well, um, I mainly am doing right now uh, church services and church functions like anniversary banquets and stuff like that. I will do a concert if uh, someone wants to hire me for that. I'm okay with all of that. Fantastic. So you've heard it. If you would like to hear more of Ron McMillan, go to ronmcmillan.com. You can book him for concerts. You can purchase the CDs. And then one little final note about this. At ronmcmillan.com, on the video page, there's a video of him playing Total Praise. You'll get a little preview and sample of why he really should record that song for us as well. So thank you so much, Ron, for sharing how people can get a hold of you and how they can get more of your music. Thank you, Dr. Kara. You're welcome. You know, the other thing that I would ask you about at this point is your words of wisdom for my audience. You've shared a number of things that certainly relate to believers no matter where they are. You know that most of the people who are listening to the show are business people, corporate executive leaders. What are some additional final words of wisdom that you would like to leave with people who are in those positions? What I would say is um, what we mentioned earlier is about, about diligence. And 
about having peace as you push forward in diligence for sake of your success. If you do not see things unfolding the way that you would like them to at the moment, keep pushing forward. Um, hard work pays off. I know that I was called specifically for this music thing, but without diligence and hard work, it would have never come to fruition, you know, you know, because God requires us to do work as well. You know, he can, he can, he's capable of anything. He's capable of opening a door and it being instantaneous, but nine times out of 10, uh, we have to put in the work and in, in whatever path or calling that we are pushing forward to. You know, that is a very important word because sometimes in these corporate environments, People are working day and night, and it seems as though it's not really having any impact, yet God wants them there, wants them to shine the light, to be a witness, to talk about Jesus and all that you're saying. And what you're saying is, even though you may not be able to see it, God is still moving things around spiritually and in the heavenlies for his purpose and his glory in your life. And so persevere and keep going no matter what you see, because chances are he's doing something maybe you can't see. Amen. Yeah, all right to that. So the final song that we'll play in today's segment is a song, uh, Glory to Glory to Glory, that I I associated with Fred Hammond and Radical for Christ. Tell us a little bit about that song, because it will be, after I read our scriptures for today, that'll be the last thing we hear in the show. That's the final word, Glory to Glory to Glory. Tell us about it. What I would say is that the title speaks for itself, just like total praise, give God total praise. Glory to glory to glory, all glory to God for everything he's done, for everything, every success in the music industry, every success with my family, for having my family, for having you, Dr. Karen, as a friend, you know, I give all glory to God in all things. So that's what the, the inspiration for me putting that song on the album was. Well, you know what? That's a, such a fitting song for us to conclude on because I know that your life is about giving all the glory to God. So I'm going to share the final verses today, which is Psalm 96, and I'll start with the first verse, and it says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. And that's what it's about declaring the glory of God to the nations and to all people and acknowledging as if we were to read further into this chapter, all the little small G gods and fake gods, none of them are worthy of the glory and praise of the true God. So let's hear as our final word today, glory to glory to glory.
been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.